Welcome to the Jazz Shapers podcast from Mishkondorea. What you're about to hear was originally broadcast on Jazz FM. However, the music has been cut or shortened due to rights issues. This is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Welcome to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. It's where the shapers of business join the shapers of jazz, soul and blues. My guest today is Jim Cregan, co-founder of Jimmy's Ice Coffee. After a trip to Australia and developing a taste for iced coffee, Jim was unhappy to find the UK didn't sell his preferred brand. He and his sister Suze decided to devise their own and launched in Selfridges in April 2011. Jimmy's Ice Coffee is now a nationally recognised brand stocked in most of the major supermarkets across the country. They sell four iced coffee drinks as well as branded accessories and Jim created Ride Club, a membership group for customers who, as they describe, love to cruise the open road, ocean dirt track by whatever means makes them happy. You better believe it. Jim, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How hello. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Really good. What's a man like you doing making coffee? When did this all happen? Tell me about it. This happened just over seven years ago, or maybe like nine years ago, actually. I went to Oz and uh, had the most amazing time hanging out there for five or six months with my missus. Uh, we just had to escape the UK because it was cold and boring, and I ran and did the worst jobs in the entire history of the world. Um, and we just stumbled across their version of ready-to-drink iced coffee, and I'd never had it before, fell in love with it, came back to the UK and saw that iced coffee existed in the supermarket, but it was all really, really rubbish. Um, so I thought in true Dragon's Den style, uh, there was like a gap in the marketplace for this um, for this particular product and set about creating it. So got in touch with my sister. She was running a coffee shop at the time. So we used that as like a, a lab to create iced coffee. We found someone to make the product for us. We stole loads of money from mum and dad and we paid them off now, which is great. <laughs> and here we are seven years down the line with... Um, iced coffee all over the UK and a couple of countries and a really solid team and operating out a big fat warehouse in Christchurch in sunny Dorset. It's rad. Cue the claps in the background. I mean, it's a pretty good story. Roughly, you're talking quite a few million pounds worth of sales as well. Yeah. So this year we'll probably do about between five and six million quid. Mm. Which means that how many people work in the business today? There'll be, there's going to be 18 of us in the next two weeks. Okay. So you kept it pretty tight actually. Yeah, it's a big business to be only employing 18 people. Um, Obviously, you've got lots of other people involved, I imagine, that are on kind of doing their bits uh, uh, that they need to do, but they're not full time in the middle of the of, uh, of the place. Yeah, exactly. I think if we were producing our own stuff as well, then we'd probably end up having maybe we'd probably maybe have 100 people because you've got these factories that are operated by lots and lots of different people. But because we outsource the product manufacturing, then we don't have to worry about that. So we're essentially just a sales and marketing machine operating out of an office. You, like many of us, have had these ideas and you've gone, that'd be cool. But most of us, I've said this before to people, they go, most of us just go, that's a really cool idea. And then you carry on with your life. You didn't. Why? Why you? Why did you Why do you think you had the tenacity to actually follow through and create something and put it on a shelf? Um, it's not easy to do at all, as you probably discovered. No, it's, it's almost impossible. And when you look at the stats of startups, how many actually start, how many actually start and then fail, and then how many actually start and then succeed is really, really small. So I feel really lucky, the fact that we have got to this situation. But uh, since I was a kid, I really liked doing 
I guess I don't like the word entrepreneurial stuff, but did entrepreneurial things. So I used to buy fake backpacks when I used to live in Dubai, surf bags, and I'd take them into school and say that my uncle brought them over from the States. Um, so I used to make money doing that and then got beaten up because they found out they were fake. Um, and then I ran an, an illegal beer delivery company down in Bournemouth onto the beach, um, which was cool until we got into trouble. Uh, and then the iced coffee thing, I think it was a case of the fact that because I didn't have a, a nice job at the time, I didn't have Booper and a two up, two down house and job security and all that. I was just in this really horrible position of being a labourer in the winter, moving bricks around for £50 a day, which is not fun. And then in the summertime, it was really fun, a great job working at music festivals and dressing up in all these kind of really random outfits and getting people introduced on stage and all these kind of things but it wasn't just very sustainable dressing up in weird outfits and spending quite a lot of time just drinking beer and you kind of think okay that's fun for a short period of time but not a massive amount of time so that was a kind of a switch for me to go right I've got this idea and I need to pursue it to make it epic and as you said the chances that you know the odds are really stacked against you is there anything that you look back on and go, if I hadn't have done that thing, we would not be having that conversation, this conversation. Or is it really the cumulative effect of just a lot of correct decisions? Everything that you've done is everything that you've done. And some of the things we've done are definitely wrong. And some of the things we've done are definitely right. And you kind of, I don't necessarily regret some of the mistakes that we've made because you just have to make mistakes in order to succeed, I guess, without sounding corny. But yeah, there are definitely things if I look back and go, I, there's certainly a few things I would change, like just in decision making, actually really take time to consider decisions as opposed to just going, yes, that sounds great. And then going down that path and it maybe not turning out to be something so exciting or something so rewarding, whether it's going to be financially or emotional or something for the business or whatever. Mm. Um but it's all I can say. It's just been it's just been mega. It's kind of like having a kid. You know, one day you want to strangle them, um, but you're obviously not for legal purposes. Um, but then some days they're just the most amazing things in the entire history of the world. And it's the same with business. One day you wake up and you're like, oh no, here we go. And then the next day you're you're just on such a high because it's the best thing ever. Now you talked earlier about, and I touched on it. I wanted to talk about it a bit more. That but this this point about well, I tried this and I did this at school and I got in trouble. I pretended the bags was from there and then yeah. uh, I did the other thing, which turned out to be illegal: the beer, the beer delivery business, and all that. That idea factory that is your head, um, for good, you know, for better or for worse, for for richer for poor, and all that other stuff. Where do they come from? These ideas, and do you think about? whether it's going to be legal or not. And I, I know that sounds a strange question, yeah, but yeah. is, there just, is there just a fountain that you can tap into? I think so, yeah. I think I'm, I've got one of those lucky, weird brains that you see something and you think, God, that could be quite fun. And you never really think of the the financial side of it. You actually think of the journey that, that, that it'll take you on. And the journey, for example, of buying these fake surf backpacks was, this is going to be great because I'm just going to borrow like 100 dirhams at the time from my mum and dad and buy five bags and take them on the bus and then know how excited I'll be on the school bus to be able to take them to my first class and before the teacher comes in, lay them out on the table and say, who wants one of these bags? And then suddenly everyone's bought them all and then you go back to the shop and you say, I need, need to order more. And that kind of journey is the most exciting bit. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from, I guess. Um, I'm, uh, I've kind of been permanently hungry about these kind of little things and luckily for me, the iced coffee thing is is one of the ideas that we've done that's kind of come into fruition and done done well what about travel because i've also i've noted that you lived abroad you touched on it you're born in dubai your mum is from spain i mean you've traveled to you've been in australia there's a kind of sense that i think you're you seem very curious to me and that you're very open to the world but has that inspired you that moving around the world and seeing different things i think that's like fundamentally one of the most 
amazing things about um, how we've come to do what we do. So all the decision making that we do, our kind of outlook in terms of business and building relationships and stuff has spawned from our kind of expat being. Growing up in somewhere like Dubai, on our school bus, for example, you're hanging out with every single race, nationality, gender, religion, everything. And it was just amazing. Um, and that kind of thing just broadens your mind and you end up just becoming a lot more open, and a lot more easy and a lot more relaxed about, I think, life in general. And that's what I want to try and do for our kids is be able to either kind of homeschool them and take them away in our big camper for a year or two just so that they can have the same similar experiences that I did because I don't want them just to be locked into one community for their entire life and it'd be quite nice to go and explore other parts of the world because it's it's mega i should have said your dad was in the army met your mum in spain rather than what she was spanish of course that's correct yes, i corrected myself that's no, all good stay with me for much more from my guest jim cregan he's coming back in a couple of minutes but first we're going to hear some advice for your business from our program partners at mishkon i'm sonal gandhi and i'm a partner in the real estate group at mishkon I act for private clients and their companies when they're buying and selling or dealing otherwise with high-end properties, predominantly in the central London area. Communication plays a huge role in any transaction, business, property or otherwise. Property is emotional. It's people's homes. They want to know, even if nothing is happening, they want to know that you're on the case, that they're important, as important as all of your other clients that you've got, whether they're buying a million pound house or whether they're buying a quarter of a million pound house. It's letting the client know and updating the client at all times what is happening with their deal. Communication is undervalued. That one line email or that one phone call just to give an update it makes all the difference. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. There are loads of ways for you to dip into the rich pool of former Jazz Shapers and indeed hear this programme again with Jim my new friend Jim sitting here. You can ask Alexa to play Jazz Shapers and there you can hear many of the recent programmes of your pop Jazz Shapers into iTunes or your podcast platform. You can enjoy the full archive. But back here right now, I've got Jim in front of me, as I said. And by the way, he's looking very fine. He's wearing shorts. Uh, forget the weather, Jim wears shorts and he also wears, uh, he's got a cap on and a sporting a fabulous beard, which if you go onto YouTube and put in Jimmy's Ice Coffee, and I think you say keep your chin up, which That's is the strap, line, yep. the strap line, you will find a ridiculous thing. I have met many people, and many people who are entrepreneurs, uh, who are founders. None of them, I think, have had a film that has been viewed a million times plus on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Tell me about just where that comes from. We've touched on the fact you've got crazy ideas all the time. What made you think that a brand could get away with creating a film that people might want to watch? Because plenty of people try. But no one actually it sort of landed. Did you write it? Did you do this rap as well? No, we did. Um, the, the idea spawned from uh, a kind of spoof video of a Snoop Dogg track that we did in Dubai. We, we filmed it and it was just hilarious. It's, it's in the depths of YouTube somewhere. I'm not going to say any more. But then I thought with Jimmy's, I really enjoy old school hip hop. And I thought, why don't we tell our story about our iced coffee company through the medium of rap um which sounds <laughs> terrible but I, I i spoke to my one of my best buddies ben and he runs a company called fearlessly frank over in east and they're like a innovations company and i said dude i want to do this rap video and he said man we can help you we've got the guys who can help write it a friend of mine called russ chimes did all the music for it and um it kind of came together and they did all the production we found an amazing production team 
it came together and they helped seed the video out there onto YouTube so people could view it. And it, it turned out to be one of the funnest things that I've done in the company. If someone says, what is the best or most memorable, awesome moment? It would be kind of setting up for that whole thing. So we had like 22 people in our office when there was, bearing in mind, there were only four people working for us at the time. So having this influx of people all preparing to create this epic rap track. And then we, we, did, we did it in two days straight, like stupid hours. And then it came online and we actually got it played on Channel 4 late at night and all these other bits and pieces. And it just turned into one of these like semi kind of viral things. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was great. Now, now these ideas, I mean, on, on the serious side of it, obviously it's incredibly smart that a brand, a small brand, a coffee brand, mm. goes and does something which gets a bit of cachet and a bit of coverage because you can't buy that sort of publicity. You could never have afforded to do it. And I know you've done advertising campaigns. Um, you've gone around different places in a big truck. Those ideas continue. Um I've read somewhere that Sue says she's the engine in the room that puts the fires out, which are your ideas in a good way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you evaluate whether those ideas are actually going to work or do many of them not work? And we're only talking about the ones that have. So the majority of the ideas that we do, um, they just happen because it's something that I want to do. I think because my name is on the carton, it's kind of the personality is reflected through the name. So stuff that I want to do is is channeled through our iced coffee product and it kind of fits our marketing strategy. Um, but now, because we're a much bigger team and a much more kind of experienced team, if I have an idea, um, typically the marketing guys will be, they might go and research it and go, do you know what, that's actually a really bad idea and, it'll, and they will explain the reasons why. And then you kind of go, okay, that makes sense. But before we used to just shoot from the hip and just come up with, and come up with really random ideas and stupid stuff to do. And most of the time it would work out okay. Sometimes you'll you'll fail at something but that doesn't necessarily matter but now it's a little bit more calculated but is that as much fun because you've got a twinkle in your eye jim and that that whole twinkle is taking you to where you are so when you suddenly got three or four clever people saying no 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 here are yeah. the 84 reasons why you must go really do you sometimes just go i hear you but we're going to do it anyway um in some cases definitely yes and in some cases definitely no um and it's actually it's really handy because these these guys exist because they are really really good at what they do mm. um and some marketing stuff that we'll do for example we'll just do it and when someone says why are you doing it we say oh we're just doing it because it's fun but now when you've actually got really decent budgets like steph our marketing manager is amazing and i'll say why are we doing like an above the line billboard campaign in leeds and she'll go well jim um the tesco express in leeds is actually our best-selling store in the whole of the uk and there's a big student market there and those are one of our fundamental audiences and then suddenly you're like oh right this is quite serious and stuff but then you can make the creative of what you're doing on the billboard really really hilarious so it's all it's all is it where strategy meets creativity oh god I'm only joking. <laughs> stay with me for more from jim my maverick i think and still twinkly eyed uh, business shape is a jim cregan co-founder of jimmy's ice coffee time for more music it's another classic stevie wonder with golden lady Well, Stevie Wonder with Golden Lady. I'm with Jim Cregan. He's my business shaper, and we've been talking about all sorts of stuff. I want to talk about your sister for a bit and that partnership that you have, because in most great businesses, businesses that grow, and yours has grown exponentially over the last few years and will continue to grow, I'm sure, there's usually 
a fantastic alchemy between the one or two or three people at the top of it. Yours is your sister. It's yeah. different. I have a great relationship with my sister, but she's my sister. I mean, we can work together, but you are working together. Yeah. What's it like, Jim? Bear in mind, she might be listening. So just that's true. Um, unlikely though. Susie, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> no. It's it was it was hilarious when we first set up the company. Um, the accountant that we were setting it up with sat on the opposite side of the table and he said, "I just want to make you aware that this isn't going to work." I was like, "What do you mean it's not going to work?" He's like, "Siblings, I've seen it before, and they always fa- these sibling businesses always fail." And we just said, "Dude, we've been through way worse than running a company, so we'll just we'll just crack on, and everything will be fine." And um, it has been epic. And I kind of at the beginning, you kind of you push each other's buttons like when you were when you were younger, like playing it and just annoying each other, and you know exactly which buttons to press to make them annoyed. Um, and we do that a lot. And I don't know why. I guess it's just because of that sibling rivalry. You're not thing. alone, Jim. Anyone that's got a brother or sister will go, you go back to see your parents or your family do's and it's always the same. You re- you revert back to when you were 11 and 13 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of how we started at the beginning. But then we very quickly realised that we have one common goal and that is to make awesome ready-to-drink iced coffee that we want to put in awesome fridges across the UK and beyond. So we had to just focus on that goal. Um, you have your ups and your downs. The downs come from sheer exhaustion when it's just the two of you working for three or four years flat out. And then you suddenly take on staff who can relieve you of, of work and actually do a better job than you've ever done. Um, and we're now at a point where we can go and have coffee together and we chill and we chat and we discuss much bigger business ideas and bits and pieces and really enjoy each other's company because it, it can get so stressful and so hard. But there are those moments where it's just gold and you go, this is... This is, these are the reasons why we're working together, because we can actually really chew the fat and have fun and hang out and enjoy the fruits of our labour by just hanging out. And it's really cool. And I imagine there's trust there beyond the thing, a, a level of trust that would transcend almost any relationship apart from maybe your husband or your wife. Totally. That's like one of the most fundamental things. And when we've hired people, you, I, I tend to be like, oh, you're hired? OK, here you go. Here's 100% trust. Um, you can whittle it down if you want until I don't trust you anymore and then you'll be fired. Um, but yeah, with, with a sibling, it's 100% there and you don't ever have to worry about it. And that's been, that's been a really rewarding thing. And you mentioned other tough things you don't have to go into any detail at all but is it around having perspective about what this business is in your life versus other stuff that may have happened in your life yeah essentially yeah it's it's you know growing up abroad was um it was amazing but it has its it has its ups and downs and bits and pieces and i think we're we're pretty hardy and especially being an expat you are you you get to see a lot of the world and a lot of different things and i i think it kind of really helps shape you who you are and business yes despite it being hard um it's just another thing you throw into the mix to crack on with if well, that makes sense it makes perfect sense um stay with me jim don't go anywhere because we're gonna have our final chat with you plus player track from grant green and diane reeves that's in just a moment jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mishkondorea it's business but it's personal down here on the ground ain't no place for living down here on the ground that was Grant Green and Diane Reeves with Down Here on the Ground, the Umar remix. Hope I said that properly. I'm with Jim Cregan, who's been an absolute pleasure to have because he's full of ideas and a slight naughtiness, as I said, in his, in his eye, a bit of a twinkle. You have um, had people back you, Jim, and I mean Selfridges, when you first decided you were going to go in there. Yeah. 
what would you say to people? And you, we talked earlier, and you said it's almost impossible, almost impossible to actually launch a business and mm-hmm. be successful. What would you say to those people who along the way, like Selfridges, have taken a punt? What In terms of them wanting to... Be involved and actually go, you know what, I like this, I'm going to put it in Selfridges, or, I, or I'm going to help you, I'm going to do this. So those people that along your journey have actually said, yeah, I'm, I'll back you on that. What do I want to say to those guys? What do you want to say to those oh, guys? Oh, God, I want to... I want to take them for a beer and give them a massive hug and say thank you so much for being such a dude um, or dudette in this case so there was a lovely lady called Elizabeth at um, I won't give her surname away although she's married now so it's changed or her address maybe not that <laughs> uh, yeah and um, yeah she was working at Selfridges and I kind of I was so stupidly passionate back in the day, and I still am, but I remember just kind of bursting in there and being like, oh my God, I've just been to Australia and I found amazing ice coffee and I've come home and I've made my own and I don't want to be a labourer anymore and I don't want to dress up as a mermaid and introduce all these bands and acts <laughs> and I just want to I want to sell your stuff in my stuff in your store because your food hall is incredible. And she was just like, okay, um, yeah, sounds great. Like, when do you want to launch? And I was like, well, when do you want to launch? She's like, we don't really have much time. Just tell me when you want to launch. And then I'm asking stupid questions like, where do I get a barcode from? Because I haven't got a clue. Is there like a, a barcode shop on Selfridges on uh, Oxford High Street? And she's like, oh, wow, you you really are quite naive, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I am. And eventually we got it listed. And on April 7, 2011, we launched in there. And um, it was such a mega day. Do you know I mean, actually to sell your own product with, its barco- with, an, with a barcode on it, I know it sounds a bit weird, but when you sell your own product and you beep it through the till and it says Jimmy's Ice Coffee, you're just... Like what, what you've done now is you've got barcodes all around the house, haven't you? Just saying Jimmy's Ice Coffee. It's in the bath. Oh, it's Jimmy's Ice Coffee. He goes to the toilet. It's Jimmy's Ice Coffee. But that, that serious point about the practicalities, like the barcode, and there are probably 50 other things where if you don't know, you just don't know. That's a hard journey as well, isn't it? Although once you've done it once, I imagine you would pick up and say, OK, it's not that difficult. Now I know how to do it. I'll just do it again. Yeah, it's really just asking questions. And I've done a lot of mentoring for, for businesses, predominantly within the food and drink space. And you say, your product is perfect for Selfridges. You know, give them a call. And then you speak to them three months later. And it's like, have you rung Selfridges? And they say, I don't know their number. And you're like, you cannot use that as an excuse. Like, you have to be able to pick up the phone. If you truly believe in what you're doing, you will speak to anyone about how to make your business better or grow um, because you don't have any shame or any worry or anything like that. So it's mm-hmm. always trying to open doors and asking questions that they might think is a silly question, but it's the most useful question to you at the time. In terms of where you go now, because this is now an established business and I imagine you're not going to want to flatline for long, you've got four variants, I think. Correct. You've got this ride club, which is around kind of getting engaged with the brand. You've done these funny things with the films. You've got the trucks running around, all sorts of stuff. Is there a plan that says, I want to be 50 million big, I want to sell this business, I want to go and create other variants? Are there things that you're in discussion about? Yeah, there's a, there's a, certainly a few things we want to do. Um, fundamentally, we want, we want to become plastic-free by 2020. Um, and at the moment, the only plastic part of our product is the cap. Um, and we've just changed to a cane production method cap. Um, but eventually, we want to go into a can, because a can is the most widely recyclable product you can get. So we're going to have two new products launch in quarter one of next year. Um, and then export is a really big thing for us. So we're actually going to Cincinnati next week to go and pitch to a supermarket chain called Kroger, which is going to be really exciting. Um, and then we've also launched back in Dubai. So I want to go back over there and reignite our kind of expat thing and maybe go and do some talks in my old school and at some media houses and bits and pieces. Um, so those are the two kind of fundamental things. And then I guess a little bit further down the line, if we can partner or do a merge with someone who can help us really get Jimmy's everywhere to become a proper household name, then that's something that we're really interested in looking at too. 
It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I'm you. sure you're going to do it. And when you next come in and it is like global, global and Jimmy's everywhere and your beard is bigger than this room, <laughs> we will stroke your beard in, <laughs> with, with huge deference. And it is a fabulous beard, honestly. Thank you're gonna, you. You're going to see the photos um, when um, you go online and have a look at this. Thanks so much. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Oh, my song choice is uh, My Baby Just Cares For Me by Nina Simone. Um, my mum, we used to have the record of it in Dubai. My mum used to play with my toes as though it was the piano. So that was one of my big memories. Mm. And then uh, it was uh, the first track I slow danced to with my wife. And then we had it as our wedding track. And it's just like my absolute favourite. I love it. That was the song choice of my business shaper today, Jim Cregan, the co-founder of Jimmy's Ice Coffee. Came up with the idea while he was travelling, went and made it happen, and in spite of the odds, was here to talk about it. Someone who's an absolute enthusiast, full of ideas, never stops. But underlying all of that is a serious thinking guy who understands just where he wants to take his business. Really fantastic stuff. That's it from Jazz Shapers. Have a lovely weekend. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. We hope you enjoyed that edition of Jazz Shapers. You'll find hundreds more guests available to listen to in our archive. To find out more, just search Jazz Shapers in iTunes or head over to mishkondorea.com forward slash jazz shapers.